All right, good morning, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Can we say, can we just say, give one more shout to moms? Love that. For those of you that know Pam, you know that's the exact opposite of her personality. I was surprised that she could hold that mean pose for like more than 10 seconds. Pam plays tennis like five or six days a week. So that was her idea to kind of be out there with the girls. So happy Mother's Day to the mother of my children who uh, does it so well. I mean that, and to all you moms. You know, we don't have a, a guidebook for life, but that's why God gives us moms, right? Wisdom and protection and overshadowing the kids. Not helicoptering, but overshadowing. Big difference. So good to have you, welcome. If you, your mother drug you to church today, we're glad you're here. You can always come back. We have donuts for you, just to make it bearable. So glad to have you in church. So, hey guys, this Thursday night, we have an amazing privilege, really, to hear the testimony of a young athlete. Justin Simmons is the all-pro safety for the Denver Broncos. Any Bronco fans here? You like, all right? <clears throat> all right, like six years ago when they were in the Super Bowl, y'all would've went nuts. Get back on the bandwagon, all right? Anyway, Justin Simmons, let me tell you about him. He is radically in love with Jesus. And actually, we reached out to him and said, hey, come share your testimony. And he said, I'd love to. So he's coming Thursday night, okay? So at 6 o'clock, listen to this, 6 o'clock is Chick-fil-A, and 7 o'clock Justin Simmons, and we're going to talk about Jesus and football, okay? Two of my favorite topics, <laughs> Jesus and football, in that order, by the way. Now, guys, listen, there has never been an easier opportunity to invite your friends from work they will not come to hear me, but they, may, they will come to hear Justin Simmons, all right? And if you're a Broncos fan, you know he's an all-pro. He loves God. He's got a wife and two little babies. He's just a great young man. And he's going to be sharing. I'm going to be interviewing him actually on stage, talking about how he found Jesus, why Jesus is important in his life. And we're going to talk a little Broncos football on top of that, all right? So that's a pretty good night. So come Thursday night. Let's pack the place out. Let's support him. And you listen, it's easy to pick on athletes that are doing things wrong. But when athletes take a stand, when athletes step up and proclaim their love for Christ, we, we should celebrate that as well, right? Yeah. Amen? <clears throat> All right, thank you for 20 or 30 of you that agreed with that. All right, so <laughs> this Thursday night. All right, we're gonna talk today about the Holy Spirit. We've been in a series all year long, Father and Son, and the last three Sundays, or two Sundays, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. This is the third Sunday on the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna talk to you today about the Holy Spirit being poured out. The Holy Spirit being poured out. This is the language that the Bible used when he talks about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Turn to Acts chapter 2. I'm about to read to you the most epic story. When I was a young boy, three, four, five, six years old, when I would hear my Pentecostal pastors preach on this text, I was always fascinated by it. I wish I were there. I want to I go back and see this one day. I want to be, be, I wish I were a witness to this story. Let me give you some background. Jesus is resurrected outside the city gates of Jerusalem. He looked at a group of people and said, go and wait for me in Jerusalem. Go wait for the Holy Spirit. Don't try to do anything in my name without the power of the Holy Spirit. So to, to my surprise, his surprise, they obeyed. Now think about this, 120 people in a small confined space for 40 days, praying and fasting and calling out for the Holy Spirit to come. 
And this is what happens as a result. Let me read this story to you. And this story is a true story. This is not a parable. It's not an allegory. It's a true story of what happened. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, listen to this, the most important part of this scripture I'm about to read right now. They were all together in one place. Now leave that up just for a moment. The reason that I stand here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, calling you into a place of unity. I'm not asking for you to agree on everything. I'm not asking you to come to the same conclusion on every event that's happening in our culture. What I am calling you to is biblical unity, where we lay aside some of our minor differences for the sake of being together as a church family. Now, why do I contend for that every single Sunday? You don't hear me get up, I'm not up here dividing you. I'm not up here yelling or angry about things, trying to divide us. I'm trying to bring us together in unity under the power of the Holy Spirit, why? Because in the place of unity, there's always the Holy Spirit. In other words, if you go out looking for the Holy Spirit and looking for a fight, you won't find them in the same room. Only in a place where people have made up their mind to, you can argue, you can disagree, you can, you can have different opinions, but at the end of the day, the relationship we have with one another is paramount to the topic we're debating. In that place, you will always, 100% of the time, find the Holy Spirit. This morning when I got up, I said, I'm gonna go out looking for the work of the Spirit today, and I found it in this room. The work of the Spirit's happening right here. I'd say they, they were all together in one place. Now, with that said, let me tell you what happened on their 40th day. Suddenly, a sound like, a, like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, and listen to this, filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now leave that up for a moment. That's really important for you to catch some of the language here. The Holy Spirit filled every square inch of the house. I don't know if you know this or not, but the Holy Spirit is an all-consuming fire. The Holy Spirit doesn't come for the leftovers of your life. The Holy Spirit comes for all of you. Mind, body, heart, soul, every part of you, the Holy Spirit, and he doesn't wanna just sprinkle a little bit of himself upon you. He comes to fill your whole house. When you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, he comes for a complete takeover. He comes to take over everything, and the Holy Spirit is relentless. He will not let you, this is the, one of the works of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will not let you worship an idol and Jesus at the same time. I knew I would not get a big cheer there, okay? <laughs> let me say it one more time. The Holy Spirit comes to make you make choices. The Holy Spirit says, listen, if, I, if you invite the Holy Spirit into your house, I didn't come for one room. I didn't come for a couple of rooms. I'm coming for the whole house. I'm coming for everything, which means you're gonna to have to flush out some idols in order to receive the fullness of the Spirit. He's not a part-time God in your life. He is full-time, all the time, 24-7, 365. The Holy Spirit wants to fill the whole house. Are you catching that's good news? I think that's good news, by the way. That's how interested he is in you. You know, if he's not interested in our lives, he wouldn't want any of our lives but he's divinely interested in your life. That's why he wants all of it. Yeah. All right, now it says, verse three, and then they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. 
that's separated. I don't know, listen, I know we're in Colorado and the idea of wind and fire at the same time may trigger some of us, all right? But stay with me on this. This is not a good time to be bringing this up. But when the Holy Spirit comes, it was wind and fire at the same time. And it says that separated, listen to this, and came to rest on each of them. This is important to understand that the Holy Spirit knows how to connect with every single person in the room. The Holy Spirit knows how to come to your particular personality, to talk to you as an individual human being. In other words, the Holy Spirit doesn't come and overwhelm the masses. The Holy Spirit comes to call each of us as human beings into a life and an experience that's unique to us. You have unique DNA. You have unique fingerprints. All of you have unique strands of hair. So it would make sense for me that the Holy Spirit knows how to come to someone who was created by God the Father uniquely and how he can uniquely speak to each one of us. And then listen to this, all verse four. And all of them, everybody, everybody in the room was filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues in other words, languages, as the Spirit enabled them. Now, we're not gonna go into a deep dive today, but I will later on, okay, I promise. I love talking about this. But in the Bible, there's two reasons for spiritual language. Speaking in tongues, there's two reasons in the Bible. One is for personal edification, for building up yourself as you pray, as you're with God, the Holy Spirit comes and gives you the ability to build yourself up. That's one reason. But a lot of people forget that the first time that tongues shows itself in the Bible, there was a very practical reason for tongues showing up in this passage. Because outside that room were crowds of people from various nations that day. And they, they heard the wind, they saw the fire, they heard the commotion. And sure enough, a big crowd of people gathered around that room that day. And Peter steps out and says, what you're seeing here is the work of the Spirit. And the people out in the crowd heard the good news of Jesus's resurrection in their own language. So it's a very practical gift that was poured out that day. Think about if you were in some uh, international city where multiple languages were being spoken and suddenly a group of people gathered around you and the people with you begin to speak the good news of Jesus in a language they could understand. This is how much God loves people, by the way. God will go to, to extravagant measures to communicate with people from various places, and he'll use us if we're willing. So listen to this, blowing wind, tongues of fire, and people suddenly becoming bilingual. This is the activity of the Holy Spirit. Listen, when you welcome the Holy Spirit into your life, it's going to feel chaotic maybe sometimes, it's gonna feel overwhelming sometimes, but he comes to reorder our lives. He comes to re-engineer us, to point us in different directions. Let's stop here and let's pray, okay? For those of you who have welcomed the Holy Spirit in your life in the past, can we just take a moment and say thank you for the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's a person, by the way. He's a person, he's a power, and he's a presence. And for those of you like me that have lived, I've lived 40 years of my life with the Holy Spirit, I wanna just say thank, can we just say thanks to the Holy Spirit? Father in heaven, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Father in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for your death, your burial, your resurrection. But you made us a promise that if you left, you would send us the Holy Spirit, and you did just that. 
You sent the Holy Spirit to us as a gift. So today we receive and say yes to the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gave us. And we ask it in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, that these scriptures would come alive to us today. In Jesus' name, amen? All right, now skip down to verse 15. Peter is in that room when all this happens. He's one of the 12 apostles, disciples of Jesus. And if you know the story of Peter, Peter's the one that denied Jesus three times. Peter's the one that was embarrassed and ashamed and ran away from Jesus after telling Jesus that he would never leave. He does. So I think it's the goodness and the grace of the Lord that Peter is the one that gets to step out on the ledge and preach this first spirit-filled message to the crowd of people. It's, it's, it's the goodness of God who takes a failed person and still uses them. Listen, that's good news for all of us in the room that have had failures. The Lord still wishes to use us. So Peter steps out. And of course, people are asking all kinds of questions. We saw fire on some of your heads. And how did you learn my language so quickly? And, and, and why, what's the sound of the blowing wind? So Peter steps out and tries to explain it. Listen to what he says. He says, these people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Now, some translations of the Bible say that there was a guy in the back that yelled out, but it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> all right, I've been waiting all week to tell that joke, all right? It gets, my dad joke, my only dad joke of the day, all right? But that's pretty funny. All right. He said, no, no, no. Peter says, this is what was, <laughs> all right, it's still pretty funny to me, all right? <laughs> I'll get serious here. Verse 16 says, this is what God says, we have verse 16, it was spoken by Joel. Man, that was fast, all right. Stay with me back there. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, verse 17. Listen to this, in the last days, I want to just pause here for a moment. This was 2,000 years ago. Do you know that every generation of Christ followers has been absolutely convinced that they would live to see the return of Jesus? Let me ask you a question. I believe in the soon return of Christ, by the way. I believe that Christ will return in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. There's no question about that. But this was 2,000 years ago. So simple question. If it was the last days 2,000 years ago, is it possible that we really are in the last days today? And if that's true, how should the people of God respond? And I just want to pause here because if you're listening to any kind of last days prophecy and it's causing you to be afraid, it's not biblical. If you're listening to last days, end times prophecy, and a lot of that's being broadcast right now, and not all of it is true and not all of it is biblical. And the way you can judge the fruit of it is, what is it causing in your heart? Is it causing you to be afraid? Is it causing you to be anxious? Is it causing you to hate your neighbor instead of love your neighbor? If any of that's true, it's not biblical. Because he says, in the last days, the reason we can be a people of peace, the reason you can be steadfast and unmovable is because I've poured out my spirit. I didn't leave you as orphans, Jesus said. In the last days, I will pour out your spirit. And listen to this, your sons and daughters We'll prophesy, and leave it up just for a moment. All the women in the room, when Peter said this, this was radical, revolutionary stuff. Women, at the time of this sermon, women were not allowed 
to be witnesses in a court because women could not be trusted to tell the truth, they said. Women were too weak to be witnesses. I know you're laughing, right? But women were considered property. Women were less than. Women certainly were not equal with men. And for him to step out and say, let me tell you about the new kingdom that Jesus is building. And he's building this kingdom by the power of the Holy Spirit. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. In other words, the same Holy Spirit that's being poured out on the men who are in power are about, is about to be poured out on women and your dignity and your worth and your value is about to become equal in the eyes of the Lord. And it's gonna be apparent to everyone that God is not a respecter of persons. Your sons and daughters. And he says, your young men will see visions. In other words, they're gonna dream big. Young, that's what I love about young men. I have a young man, Abram graduates college this Friday. Yeah, thank the Lord. And he's dreaming big dreams. And I love that about him. He, we sit out almost every night and he tells me everything in front of him is hopeful. Everything in front of him is possible. And at 23, you remember when you were 23, you're dreaming big dreams. He's saying, listen, I'm gonna put that in the hearts of young men and women that when they think about the future, they're not thinking about dread or darkness or gloom. They're seeing the hope of the future and they're gonna take the bull by the horns. They're gonna tackle and slay their own giants. They think everything is possible because that's the way I have wired them. And then he says, but your old men, they're gonna take naps. Let me tell you, at my house today at 2.30, there will be a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in my house because the spirit of nap will come over me and I'm gonna dream some good dreams. I'm gonna have some, I'm gonna take care of mom. We're gonna have a nice meal, give out gifts, but she, she can go take a nap too, but I'm gonna dream some dreams because God called me to do that. You see the calling on my life when you become old. Look at verse 18, verse 18, even on my servants. Again, radical, revolutionary, social reconstruction happening here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's one thing for you to empower women. You're gonna empower servants? Yes. Everybody's created with Imago Dei, the image of God on them. Yeah. And if they're created with Imago Dei, if the image and the imprint of God is in them, that spirit's gonna be poured out. And that's really the, the miracle of the early church. You understand that the reason the early church flourished is they were the only community on the planet where black, white, and brown people, rich and poor, men and women, slaves and free people came together under one table, ate from the same table, worshiped in the same room, sang the same song, laid hands on one another. That was the activity of the Holy Spirit. And that's still true today about the local church. He says, I'm gonna pour it out on my servants. And then he pauses to make sure he catches this. Both men and women, he says it again. Now, why did he say that? because it was one thing to be a woman and be free, you still were considered property. But the lowest point on the spectrum in the culture was to be a servant woman. There was a woman who was a wife and a mother. If you were a woman and a servant, you could not get any lower on the spectrum. He said, I'm gonna pour out my spirit on them too. And they will prophesy. That spirit will be poured out. I love this text because this is the birth of the church. This is, we're now, we're now 
cared, listen, you've been handed a torch. You've been handed a baton. What baton are you carrying right now? This, this is how the church started. And when Christ returns, I believe it's Jesus's desire to find his church still flourishing, still multiplying, still growing by the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, I'm gonna ask you a question today. A very simple question. Why should we, all of us in this room, why should you welcome the Holy Spirit into your life? Because I'm, I'm thinking there's a lot of you that you've never even thought about it. You believe in the Holy Spirit. You understand the facts about the Holy Spirit. But are you living with the power and the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit? So why should you? Let me give you three very simple things to consider, right? And the first one's amazing. So we can think what God thinks. You, have you, listen, let me ask you a question. Have you ever changed your mind? Have you ever been headed in a certain direction and suddenly something came over you? Maybe a conversation or maybe it was just the inkling of the Holy Spirit and you, you changed your mind. You changed direction. The course of your life got changed, maybe in a minor way or a major way. But how did that happen? Because somewhere along the way, God invaded your thinking. God came and changed the way you're thinking. Let me tell you, this is Jesus, John 16. This is what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He says that when he, the spirit of truth comes, he's gonna guide you. In other words, he's gonna put his hand on you. You know what a guide does? A guide goes in front of you and shows you the way to go. It's important when you're in, un when you're in unknown territory when you're in unfamiliar territory, that's when you need a guide. And listen, I don't know if you know this or not, but we're all living in unfamiliar territory right now. We just walked out of two years of unfamiliar territory. How did we get through that? Because the Spirit put His hand on us, and when we didn't know what to do, when, when me as your pastor did not know how to make a decision, and I had to make 100 decisions in about a three-month period, they were hard decisions, and they were unpopular decisions, and, they, and I didn't know what to do. But when you find yourself there, that's when you say, Holy Spirit, you're the one who's guiding me. You're the one who's directing me. And listen, he says, verse 13, he will not speak on his own. He's only going to do what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. I don't know if, how many of you are sitting here wondering about tomorrow, worried about the week that's ahead. I got good news for you. He'll tell you if you'll ask him. He will, he will calm your soul if you'll ask him about tomorrow. He knows tomorrow. You don't know tomorrow, but the Holy Spirit sees around every corner. He, over every horizon, he can tell you what's next. He may not tell you all the details, but he will comfort you and calm you down. Have you ever had these thoughts? I've had some of these thoughts lately. That's impossible. I said that to my non, the elders that we had our meeting in December and they said to me, Pastor Brady, it's time to pay this debt off. I said, that's impossible. I said that out loud. It's impossible. I said, guys, nobody pay, gives money to pay down debt. They want to build buildings, put their name on it. How do you, how do you pay down debt? And he said, I, I said it out loud. I've not, I've not heard God say that. We can't do it, I said. And my elders looked at me and said, I want, let's pray together. And we prayed. And over a two or three day period, the Lord changed my mind. 
He, he said, Brady, it, all things are possible to those who believe. Maybe I'm calling you out of the boat. Get out of the boat and walk on some stormy waters. Maybe you, maybe you have chosen the safety of your boat. Listen, I, maybe you've said this about your children or about your spouse. They're never going to change. I can't change them. Therapists can't change them. They're not going to change. Listen, the only hope many times is to say, Holy Spirit, change their mind. Holy Spirit, you got a rebellious teenager? Listen, the best thing you can do for your rebellious teenager is pray that the Holy Spirit changes their mind. Stop arguing with them and unleash the hound of heaven on them. The Holy Spirit knows how to change people's mind. Listen, Isaiah 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Somebody say, I need my mind changed, amen? I need my mind to be changed. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Here's the second thing. So you can want what God wants. You know the problem with our culture today, what's happening in our culture, the reason you're upset, I'm upset about cultural things. It's because our appetites are out of control. People are fulfilling appetites that are out of control. They're, they have not been submitted to the Holy Spirit, and so everybody's doing whatever they want. When the, a king is absent from the land, the Bible says, people did whatever they wanted to do. So Psalm 37 says, take delight in the Lord. Make, make Christ king. Make God paramount. And when that happens, he'll give you the desires of your heart, Philippians 2, for God's working in you, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do it. Listen, I know I need to eat a salad. I have a desire to eat a salad. I just don't have the power to do it. I want to eat kale. I just don't have the power to do it. I want to put cheese on it. You understand this is, the, this is a, the Bible says, listen, if you find yourself with out of control appetites, sometimes the only way to get control of your desires is to submit those desires to the power of the Holy Spirit. He'll give you both the, the motivation and the strength to do it. If you're, if you're struggling with appetites, maybe you're, you're in a cycle of addiction, or you have an eating disorder, whatever's going on, and you know it's out of control. The only help you can do, sometimes tell somebody, number one, tell somebody, and have somebody stand with you. Don't fight those things by yourself. That's why you come to church. That's why we gather in a room. It's so we can see each other and check on one another, help one another, and then the Holy Spirit shows up. I told my kids growing up, submit your wanter to the Holy Spirit and then go do whatever you want. This is great parenting, by the way. It's very, very it's dangerous too, but telling your kids, what, what, tell me about the desires of your heart. You wanna have a great conversation on Mother's Day? Sit down with your children and say, tell me what you're dreaming about right now. What do you see in your future? What, what, are, what's, what are the appetites that you're feeling in your heart right now? And they may not tell you all of them, but they'll tell you one or two. And then you, what you do say, let's submit that to the Holy Spirit. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to come around that. Let's, let's ask the Holy Spirit to bless it. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to guide it, direct it. Because once you give your wanter to the Holy Spirit, you can do whatever you want. 
But too many people are doing what they want and asking the Holy Spirit to endorse it. You need to ask him to endorse it before you do it. That's what I've told my kids all their life. If you want the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to do what he wants. Here's the last thing. So you can love what God loves. Let me read this passage to you out of 1 Corinthians. It says, the person without the Holy Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit. They consider them foolishness. Sounds foolish. He says, and they cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. So my question for you today is, are you willing to appear foolish in order to do something that the Spirit's asking you to do? Let me tell you this story, okay? And it's going to be a foolish story that I'm telling you. I told this story about a year ago, and I was just with my mom last week, and I went, I went into East Texas last week to check on my mom. And I think I've told you this story about a year ago, but because it's Mother's Day and I want to honor my mom, I'm going to tell you this story again. It happened. Now, normally, I don't let facts stand in the way of a good story. But this is absolutely true, what I'm about to tell you, 100%. No embellishments. So my mom is a creature of habit. Every other Thursday at 10.30 in the morning, my mom picks up her grandma purse. She goes out to her pickup, and she drives 30 miles to the nearest Walmart. It's an hour and a half to the nearest Starbucks, and I know that for a reason. But it's 30 miles to the Walmart in Center, Texas. My mom lives in Shelby County, Texas, right on the boundary of Texas and Louisiana on the Toledo Bend Reservoir. On this particular Thursday, about a year ago, she went over at 10.30 in the morning to pick up her grandma purse, and the Holy Spirit said, don't go, not now. Sounds foolish, but she put her purse down. At 11 o'clock, she walked back over to pick up her purse, and the Holy Spirit said, don't go, not now. That's 11.30, 12, 12.30, 1. Finally, at 1.30, my mom said, I guess I'm not going. So she went over and the Holy Spirit said, you can go now. My mom picks up her purse. She's three hours behind schedule. It's driving her nuts, I can tell you. And she gets out to the end of her driveway where it comes to a T. Take a right to go to Walmart, you take a left to go fishing, all right? So she's at a stop sign. Down in the culvert, there's a ditch down there to her right, and I just saw this ditch last week. Covered in briars, it's four, about four feet deep, giant culvert underneath, underneath the, where she's driving. And all, when she looks over there, all of a sudden a little head pops up out of the ditch, a young woman. She's 21 years old, she's covered in scratches and bug bites, she's a mess. She's been hiding out for three days. Her husband is a known meth dealer in that county, and some drugs had come up missing, and she was accused of stealing them, and her husband was looking for her to kill her. And she knew that if he found her, she would die. So she's hiding out, and she ends up in the culvert, and listen, I'm telling you, I'm talking about remote East Texas. The end of, if you're a flat earth person, the end of the earth's two miles from my mom's house. I can, go, I can show it to you. It just drops off right there. Nobody comes back from there. Deep in the woods, okay? My mom, stops and rolls down her window, and like every other uh, East Texas woman, she says, honey, how can I help you? And the girl said, can you drive me to my grandfather's house? It's about five miles from here. So my mom unlocks her door. I went, mom, you got a girl in a ditch. You're letting her in your vehicle. And my mom said, well, I have a gun. 
I'm like, mom, okay, first of all, you, you need cataract surgery, and that does not make me feel any better. She's had cataract surgery since then. So my mom welcomes this girl into her vehicle, and my mom, you know, like every other woman in the room, has a purse full of stuff, and she starts pulling out antiseptic. She has like a, a mini pharmacy in there, towels, shower utensils, everything in there. She just starts pulling it out. And the girl starts cleaning up. She's all scratched up. Well, the reason my mom didn't know this, my mom does not have the internet. She does not have a computer in her house. Uh, so she's not on social media. She, and for three days, it was all over social media in that area to look for this girl. My mom is the one that finds her. So she drives her five miles to her grandfather's house. And my mom said when they drove up, this elderly man was looking out the front door. He come bursting out of the door, sobbing and crying because they all thought she was dead. They had lost hope that they were going to find a dead body somewhere. And here's this girl out of the pickup, hugs her grandpa. They go inside and the man walks over to my mom's truck and says, thank you so much. You're an angel. Nobody's been able to find her. Now, why am I telling you this story? Because my mom for 55 years has been a woman who's been filled with the Spirit. She's a woman, she's not perfect, but she is a woman who understands being the Spirit being poured out on her life. And I, in Shelby County, Texas, you can't throw a stick and not hit a Christian. And I'm just, I wonder how many people drove by that ditch who called on the name of the Lord, but they're not paying attention. Let me tell you how you want, if you want to do something great for God, it's very simple. Just pay attention. Opportunities are all around you. And I wonder how many people drove by that ditch and God's going, stop, stop, hey, right there, stop. But he had to find a 75-year-old elderly woman who would do what appears to be foolish. Put my purse down, wait three hours before I go to Walmart. That's foolishness to the world. But it saved a life of a 21-year-old woman. Saved her life. And I was with my mom last week and I said, how's that girl doing? Said she divorced, she's divorced the man. She's out, her life is no longer, she's not in the lifestyle of meth and drugs. She's doing fine, she's doing great. But she was rescued because someone was available. New Life Church, I'm about to pray over you and send you out. And the world is a mess right now. The world's broken and hurting. And let me tell you who the cure is. We're the cure. The Holy Spirit provides, has given us something to give away. Here's my problem with charismatics, and I can say this because I've been one all my life. You want the Holy Spirit for yourself, you're just sometimes very difficult to give away what you've been given. The reason the Holy Spirit was poured out on you is for you to pour it out on the people around you. In fact, stop asking for more of the Holy Spirit until you give some away. Give it away. Stop taking it in. Stop, stop, stop stockpiling the Holy Spirit. Quit being a Holy Spirit prepper. Your basement is full. You can't buy any more guns and ammo and food, okay? Give some of it away. Give the Spirit away. Quit buying, don't buy more bunkers. Give it away. The Holy Spirit heals through us. There's a 21-year-old girl walking around today because the Holy Spirit heals through us. Here's what my mom did all the way home. My mom's got this girl in her pickup, all right? She reaches over and grabs her hand 
Starts praying over her. She's driving and praying. Okay, I know this is scary. No cataracts, driving, praying. Okay, total, just don't go down there if you're scared of bad drivers. Okay, my mom is like this. She's looking, healing, praying. She said, I spoke life over her. I spoke over her. I prophesied over her. Told her that God loves her, that this life that she's living is going to lead to death, that God has something better for her and praying over her, holding her hands all the way. Listen, that's how you heal people. You get in the messes with them and let the Holy Spirit be poured out of you to them. Amen. Stand up with me. I know I've gone a little long today. Stand with me this morning. I love our church because so many of you are already doing this. I know that. Listen, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit for several weeks now. And I'm, I'm asking you to make a conscious decision to welcome the Holy Spirit into your life fresh, in a fresh way. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fill me. Every morning, wake up and ask for the Holy Spirit to be poured out through you, on you, around you. Come on, let's just pray that right now. Father in heaven, we need you. We confess our need for you. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We cannot follow Jesus without the Holy Spirit. So Lord, today we come and we ask that you would open up our heart, flush out the idols so that there's room for you. Let nothing inhabit us that's not from you. Flush out those things which are unholy and fill them with holy spaces. You are the vine and we are the branches. And we cannot abide on our own. So come Holy Spirit. I want you to stay in that prayerful place as we sing this song. And in just a few minutes, Pastor Natalie's gonna come and lead us to the table. Let's, let's sing together.
Stop there. Pour us out, Father. Pour us out. It was on the night that Jesus was handed over to suffer and die that he took the bread. And after breaking it and giving it to the disciples, he blessed it. And he said, this is my body that has been broken for you. Take, eat, and do so in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together this morning. It was on that same night that he took the cup and after giving it to the disciples and blessing it, he said, this is my blood that has been poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Take, drink, and do so in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together this morning.
want to say a happy, happy Mother's Day. Moms, we have cupcakes waiting for you out in the foyer, and they're beautiful. So make sure you grab one on your way out. And we do not have any section community parties today, but we would still love to connect with you in Connect Central, hear your story, and get to know a little bit more about you. If our prayer team would come on down, I do have one announcement that you're really going to want to hear. Our prayer meetings are moving to Wednesdays only starting this week. They are going to be held at 7.30 a.m., noon, and 6.30 p.m. every Wednesday. We have been praying together for over 25 weeks as a church. Yes, that is something to be so excited about. And we want to continue that momentum, so make sure you join us next week. If you would like prayer, our prayer team is available. New Life, would you just open up your hands for a blessing today? New Life Church, may you know that your God is for you and that his Holy Spirit dwells in you so that we can go out and you can be a light in a darkened world. Go and allow that Holy Spirit to be poured out through you this week and we will see you next week. Be blessed.